It disappeared. Yeah, it's just it's a counter. It's because I yelled. Thanos snapped and it died. Not even a chuckle, guys. Okay. I haven't seen the movie. Have you seen the poster? It looks like uh, it looks like Paul Rudd's just on there, also still not knowing what he's which, doing. Which poster? The like, new one. The one the, that came out. Better. The official one or the new Chinese one? The Chinese one. <laughs> no, I have to look because I. That's right. Was looking at it before. This. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> he's like, shit. That's just his face. That is just his face. That's just Paul. Paul Rudd always looks at him. Paul Rudd, please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> What's up, peeps? I'm Mateus. And I'm Michael. Yes. Michaelis. Michaelis. And we are the Pink Gold Peeps. Two 20-somethings who talk all things Nintendo and video games and fun stuff and nerdness. Mike, how you doing this week? How's it going? I'm good. I've been very busy at work, but, you know, it's like I can see the end. It's It's almost like I'm in a tunnel in Horizon Chase Turbo. I can see the end of the tunnel. I just need to use my nitro for the next, like, three or four weeks. But then it tells you that you need to connect to the online? No. Uh, I was, I was going to say this earlier, uh, later, but I am going to jump ahead now. Um, I've begun to put my phone as a wireless hotspot just so I don't oh have to Oh, my God. Doesn't that cost money or something? Uh, after a certain point, but my brother and I share data, and we have a pretty th- high threshold. That's so. ridiculous. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I'm doing with my life. All right. Well, that's good. Um, but how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping myself busy at night. I'm going running. I'm working out. I alternate every day. Nice. I'm finding jobs. So my nights get kind of busy. That sounds like it. Yeah, this is good. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. But uh, uh, let's talk about what we're here for. Mike, what have you been playing? Okay, so I have two things I've been playing. Uh, first, I wanted to give an update about Horizon Chase Turbo. Despite my anger with the game, uh, I have been enjoying it very much. I am currently in the 11th world of 12 in the world tour. Okay. I have unlocked a fair number of the game's cars. Uh, I've super trophied everything so far. I may have like 15 courses left to go. But once I beat this... They're going to get Xenon Racing. <laughs> uh, no, actually. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play... They have basically tournament modes, which are like Mario Kart courses. Oh, Easy, cool. medium, and hard. And for basically... For easy mode, it's the first four worlds, and then medium, it's the first it's the first eight, and then hard is the all 12 worlds. And it's basically four courses of the nine, and it's like a Mario Kart thing where you get points for how place you come in and you have to score. And then there's one other thing called the long endurance, which is the way you get the final car in the game, and I don't know what that is because I haven't unlocked it, but that's the next thing to do. Overall, I still... I still think the game. I still regard the game very highly. If you're not playing in handheld mode without internet connection, it's ideal. If you have to use put your switch on airplane mode and do what I have to do sometimes, it's a pain, but it's not the worst thing. One thing I will say though, if you're playing the game like I do, so when usually when I buy a game and I say this is the game I'm playing, usually it's always running on my switch. Like I'll just like you know home screen out of it and close it. If you're one of those people, I recommend turning off Horizon Chase Turbo from time to time because when you don't do it, the frame rate starts to look like, you know, pine. 
<laughs> like it got i was like i didn't i thought it was getting bad but i was like no i'm probably just seeing things and then i was playing course this morning i was like oh my god i can count the frames oh no. i just turned the game off and turned it back on and it's fine you know you need to make sure you turn off the game from time to time that's weird um it, other than that i mean at this point in the game i'm in the more crazy worlds like they have more particle effects there's more things on the map so it's running perfectly fine as long as i haven't been doing that right so it's good. I'm really, I'm really enjoying the experience. I guess. Good. Uh, but yeah, the other thing I've been playing, and I'm gonna spend a bit of time, is I, I played and finished Delta Rune in the time since we've recorded. Oh boy! Now you told me, you told me. Spoiler alert for the next thirty seconds. Mike, Matt, I really like this. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was a little surprised that you liked it. And then I was talking to Rob, and Rob was like, of course he liked it. It's a turn-based RPG now. Well, I mean, the other game was kind of a turn-based RPG in the same way. Not part. really. Well, what ways was it not a turn-based RPG? Well, it was, but now it is more so, isn't it? it? Now it's a lot more traditional. The combat system is exactly the same. Oh, it is? It's just that you have three people instead of one. Oh. Um, and there are, like, basically combo attacks. So, you know, your main character can use, you know, his fight or act abilities. And if he acts or fights with a second character, that uses both of their moves. But it gives you some kind of bigger power. And there's, like, a whole system now that was added called the TP system. So when you defend, you get TP. It's basically, like, mana that you have collectively between your team. But the other way to get it is if you, you know, in between battles, they do the same thing with, like, the soul, where you have to, like, dodge the stuff in between battle right. and in between attacks. But if you get close to somebody, like an attack, but don't get hit by it, you get TP. So it, like, kind of, it enforces and encourages you to play risky because if you play risky you'll get more tp and you can use more special attacks gotcha overall i don't want to like go super spoilery but that's the combat system it's very similar to original undertale except for the fact that being a pacifist and acting as opposed to being like someone who wants to fight everything there's no real difference in the grand scheme of things in this game very early on a character asks you a question it's like one of those traditional like rpg questions where you know your answer doesn't really matter but you can pick yes or no and the second you click yes or no like to one of the sides the character stops you and says stop your choices don't matter which i think is like they put it really early and i think they did it on purpose because if you read the there's a twit longer that toby fox did after the game was out for like a week or so and he says in this one there's not going to be multiple endings you know there's going to be one story that we're trying to tell here and that's what i want to do and putting this statement really early on, I think, kind of shows that. Yeah, so you can murder whoever you want. Or you can be nice to whoever you want. I actually did my entire run pacifistly, except for the, the there's one enemy that you have to fight. Gotcha. Uh, but I just feel like what this game does, despite not needing to have, like, the, the pacifist, you know, uh, or what is the what is the other ver run of the game called? Uh, genocide. Genocide. Despite not having, like, different versions of it for the run... The fact is, is it, it's set up in a way that kind of makes you understand that those are options. Like, for me, the biggest issue with Undertale, for me, was people say go into it blind. So I did. I didn't right. read anything. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew is that it was a game and your choices mattered. And the first real fight you do is against the mom character. And if you use the act function with her and you talk to her, like the first five or six times, she's, nothing changes, Right. Plus, before that, you have Flowey, and he says, in this world, it's kill or be killed. So yeah. for me, 
I understand that it was supposed to like subvert my expectations or whatever, mm-hmm. but the game was very bad at showing me that that was even an option. I I totally agree with you. Like I think if because I was not told to go into it blind, people were telling me like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Oh really? And that's how that's like how I knew what to do, and that probably influenced my like your choice, my feelings on the game yeah. as a whole. I mean, I, yes, it definitely influenced my choices. But like, I mean, I didn't kill anybody, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I knew not to kill anybody, and then I knew, you know, after you beat the game, if you want to get the true pacifist ending, you gotta go back and do this. And I'm like, okay, wait, so you have, wait, so you have to? Did you do something wrong, or if you- no? So the the first time you beat Undertale, no matter what, no matter what, you will always get the neutral ending, and then you got to go back a little bit, and then you can get the pacifist ending. Oh, see, that makes me want to go back and play it even less. Because I was going to say, after beating this game, I was thinking about going back and playing Undertale again. Mm-hmm. But the issue I had with it, the biggest issue was, I said, okay, your choices matter, right? Whatever. So I played through the game, and there were some people I killed and some people I didn't kill. And not only did I get, like, a really shitty neutral ending, like, because depending on, you, know, you get, like, the ending and Flowey's like, well, you should play through the game again. And I was like, okay, whatever. But the actual ending I got was weird. It was like, Metaton ran the world now and sam's was just kind of hanging out with him and he was like the world really sucks but okay and like if i, I was playing that through ending. if you're if i was playing through the game like this is like my fourth or fifth playthrough and i was like oh i know there's a bunch of weird endings if you kill one person and don't kill other people then i would be more okay with it but i was like okay the game was really bad about telling me you know my choices matter and if you don't just go true pacifist or true genocide you're not gonna get like a satisfying ending because i'd argue the first ending is so unsatisfying. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. This game, there are two characters that are in your party, and one of them wants to fight everybody, and the other one wants to be peaceful with everybody. So it to me, it says, okay, in this game, I can choose either of these. These are both options I'm allowed to pick, and I shouldn't feel bad about doing one or the other. But also, there's no penalty to saying playing this way is, like, the wrong way to play, quote-unquote. Because, it, honestly, knowing what you said changes my opinion a little bit about undertale but if i had played their undertale the first time as a true pacifist run and that was an option to get the pacifist run ending on the first attempt i would be like okay i wouldn't feel as bad i wouldn't be as angry about my experience with the game but this one doesn't have that that's one of those things of that game because like you know how some games do like oh if you do so and so you could like that was a terrible explanation so it was awful (laughs) uh you know in um I think it's like the first Metal Gear Solid game where like if you take your controller, if you unplug it out of port one and, and put it to port, it two. port two, it's like an easier fight. Yeah. Undertale does so many things like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I don't want to say those things are necessarily bad. No, but it like, it's just, it uses so many of them. Like I, I like Undertale before we continue this conversation. I like Undertale a lot. But it uses so many of them. I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah, honestly, for me, I really like Under. I liked Undertale a lot. Honestly, it was the ending, like the way that like I got you get a really unsatisfying ending the first time, and it basically says, "Hey, I know we were saying this whole time that your choices matter, but really, you're not going to be able to get something satisfying and feel like you've had the whole experience until you play a second time when you don't have choices. You have to make these choices, and right. then you have to play through it again if you want to fight or find all the content in the game, and you have to play this way." And to me, that kind of just, like, ruined... It soured the experience. Did you... I, I'm assuming now, several years after the game came out, spoilers are okay, did you get to the point where it deletes your save file? Does that Did that ever happen to you? What, when, like, the game closes itself out? Or yeah, no, and then it straight up just deletes your save file. No. Okay. That happens, very well. It makes you think, Lucas. It makes you think. Ah, uh, okay, never mind. It doesn't mind. actually delete your save file. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, although you remember the Deltarune uninstaller, you remember that right when the game came out. If you uninstall, use the Deltarune un- uninstaller, it would uninstall everything in the pathway. So like people were getting like their C drives corrupted. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, not on purpose, mind you. <laughs> no, I <would> uh, hope not. <laughs> but yeah, so that was one of my big issues, and this game really sets up. Okay, here are the options you have, and even though I mean Toby Fox said himself, he's like, when I remake, he's remaking Chapter One with the whole game. It's not coming out in chapters. But he said, you know, I'm kind of keeping the action fight system in but it's kind of vestigial like it doesn't really matter because in this game choosing one or the other doesn't really give you a different result it's just kind of how you want to play Mm -hmm. but i felt like i had the option also i had the ability to run which matt if you remember one of my biggest issues with undertale is like i would play through the game again if there weren't so many damn long stretches of nothing like some of them were used for dramatic effect but near the end of the game i was like okay i want to go fight the boss and it was, like, puzzles between, like, three minutes of walking at a time. And the was... only time that really annoyed me is when that freaking dinosaur is calling you, Phyllis. Oh, the, yeah. I know well, what you're talking about. And she the scientist. The scientist. I'm like, stop! Alphys. Alphys, that's her name. Yeah. Rob really likes Undertale, so he's getting mad at us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I everything other than the things I just mentioned, I loved. I loved the combat system. That's why I love Deltarune so much. I, I thought the characters were funny. I thought the writing was good. Some of the weird things that happen in the game that do subvert your expectations, but not in a way that makes you feel like you wasted your time or makes you feel kind of stupid. I really like those. But I feel like Deltarune to me is really like the, the refining of the concept for the battle system. And I think the story is going to be, in the grand scheme of things, very good because this game was cool. short but it was about well, the length not, of an undertale yeah it was about the length of an undertale run I mean, like two to three hours maybe really yeah the game i mean it's, it's a it's a hefty experience and i really enjoyed it i fought the final there's like a secret boss you can fight and i really liked playing that boss and it just it oh god i really really enjoyed it and I want to say that, like, if anyone's even remotely interested in this game, they really should play it. Because, like, the music's incredible, the characters are fun, and you they say, you know, it's, like, it's for people who are familiar with the, with Undertale. But, like, I played one non-pacifist, non-genocide run of Undertale, and, like, I know a little bit about what happens. I didn't feel like I was missing out because I didn't know everything. There was, like, one thing near the end that I was like, oh, I think that's this thing, and I had to look it up and be sure that that's what it was. But other than that, the game's still enjoyable as, like, a standalone experience. Even though you don't buy the full under uh, full Deltarune game. It is a story that it's, like, one day in the life, and it really works. I think everything about it just works really, really well. And I may have maybe bought a button pins of the Super Fun Gang uh, to put on my bag. Oh my <laughs> because God. they're so cute. Uh, I don't even know who that is yet. It's, it's like, the, the main squad. Uh, it's just, it's a really, really, really good experience. Take it from someone who, like, despised parts of Undertale. I played the entire thing, including that final secret boss fight, as a pacifist. Because I was like, yeah, let's do it. Oh my god. Yeah. It was fun. It was a really good experience. Matt, you have to try it. I will do it. Especially now that I know it's, like, only three hours. I thought it was, like, four hours. Like, four! No, get there. Four hours. Okay. Four was where you drew the line. Four hours, like, oh, I'm definitely gonna have to do that in more than one sitting. <laughs> well, I mean, I did it in a couple of sittings. It took me, like, two or three days. No, I was doing it at, in my commutes. Right. I thought you were gonna say at work. Like, oh, I just sit on my desk. No, no, no. Playing Deltarune, you know. <laughs> That's why I work so hard. I'm just playing Deltarune. Because I'm playing Deltarune the whole time. <laughs> uh, and also, when you finish the game, the uh, soundtrack is on Spotify. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, Matt, what have you been playing? Because I've been just spewing information for the um, past 10 minutes well i've been trying really hard to find time to play 
You've been playing Sekiro Shadows Die twice, I know. Yeah, I have. And the sad part is I'm not even that far, because it's so hard. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the first boss. And because okay. So <laughs> I've like there's a lot of YouTube videos out there and a lot of articles about the game. And I keep seeing people go, Oh god, Lady Butterfly is like the hardest boss in the game. Let her but Lady Butterfly is so hard. Lady Butterfly is so hard. So I assumed she was like an endgame boss, like she the, the first end. boss. She's the first boss! <laughs> And she's so hard! <laughs> so what you're telling me is the first boss is like one of the most difficult bosses in the entire game? Yeah, well that's usually the way from software games work. Oh, so really? like like Bloodborne, the way Bloodborne worked was the like the first not the first boss, but the first area was one of the toughest areas to just survive through because of the way it was formed and the way there were enemies. Like there's really narrow passageways with a lot of enemies. So it kind of forced <laughs> Yeah, remember? Yeah, I played through that area. <laughs> we kept we we kept playing with Bloodborne. I kept taking out my gun and shooting and making all the people turn around <laughs> going, "What?" <laughs> but it it makes you learn how to play the game. Yeah. And Sekiro throws a lot of big challenges at you at the beginning of the game, each centered around trying to make you learn a specific mechanic. Okay. Which is kind of cool. That is interesting. Cool. So like there was um one boss um that had a big pole, right? And now there's a deflect, there's a sidestep and there's a third thing that you can unlock called a Mikiri counter, I think it's called. Okay. Which is specifically for thrust attacks. So you can step on the on the pole weapon or in this case, yeah, it was a pole. But in other cases, sometimes it's like a, a sword or something. The long weapon that's being jabbed at you. Right. You can step on it and counter it that way and then attack. Cool. And that boss was all about teaching you that mechanic. Interesting. Or that mini. It was a it mini was boss. A mini boss. And then there was another one that was all about deflecting. And then this one is all... I think it's all about sidestepping. Because I, like... The problem is, um, the way it works is if someone has a lot of health... The game is all about breaking posture. So either your posture is broken or your opponent's posture is broken. And you do that by deflecting attacks or attacking them. And eventually you'll break their guard if you attack them enough. But if you take away enough vitality from them, like enough health from them, then it'll be that much easier to break the posture. Mm-hmm. So when you, when the boss, Lady Butterfly, is at full health, it's basically impossible to break her posture. Like wow. it's so, so you basically the way I do it is I just sidestep around her until I find a good place where I can hit her and I know I can hit her and then I hit her. Okay. But the hard part is when you like, if you make one wrong move, she'll hit you with like four attacks. And they're like, all, all right, right, all right. <laughs> It's just, uh, it's more of a rhythm game, honestly. Because you have to, like, figure out the rhythm of the right. opponent's and, attack. Like, in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, sometimes it, I think you can get away with button mashing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, um, there's a lot more invincibility frames in those games. Yeah, so like the dodge rolls and stuff, right, right, exactly. This game doesn't have that. You're gonna okay. get hit. And it's really annoying. I like that, though. I like that, too. And it's so much more focused about being up close and personal with your opponent. And instead of running away when you're getting attacked at, you are encouraged to like stay in their face and deflect it instead Interesting. because that is 99% of the time deflecting is always better than doing anything else unless sometimes there are um little red there's um a Japanese character of da- the Japanese character of danger flashes above your head every now and then which tells you that your boss is going to do something or the opponent you're fighting it's your do something sense. really yeah it's your spidey sense you're going to die if you get hit by this <laughs> So then you gotta move, but cool. other than that, yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's just hard, like you'd expect. Yeah. Well, well, I I wasn't really interested in this game regardless, but the game looked really pretty from what I saw. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's pretty, and when you do it right, it's really fun to watch. 
So, like, I died in this one area enough to, like, be able to get through a good chunk of it without taking any damage and, like, stealth killing everyone. Because you're a shinobi. You're not a samurai. Well, you kept saying ninja uh, last week. Well, because so. shinobi and ninja are the same thing. Ooh, that is not true. It is true. Uh, do you want? Do you want to fight me? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Google Shinobi. Yep, Google Shinobi. <laughs> a ninja or Shinobi was a covert agent or mercenary in feudal Japan. Boom. I just like how this is the first picture. Just, <laughs> it's just like some clearly a pasty costume. white guy <laughs> in a Halloween costume. Halloween Japanese in a Halloween ninja costume. <laughs> Fine, I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one, Matt. Anyway, it's a fun game. That's a good time. Game. It's hard. Cool. And I haven't been able to play Xenoblade. Yeah, I know. I didn't expect you to. <laughs> like, like last week you were talking about it and how excited you were, and then you went, you left to go get Sekiro, and then I was talking with Sarah, and I was like. He's never playing Xenoblade he's again, is he? Like, it. he's about to go buy a new big PS4 <laughs> game. Like, what was Which I expecting? It's probably going to take a while to beat. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, Matt. I'm sorry. It's okay. Shall we, uh, shall we get to the news? Yeah, let's go to indie news. So, first one is uh, something that I was excited to talk about, and now I'm less so excited to talk about. Xenon Racer is coming. It's actually out by now. It's, it's March 26th was the release date. It is currently the 28th. This game looked really cool. It's like a, you know, it's like another racing game, but like real car racing. So I was very excited when this trailer came out. Rob mentioned it to us. You mentioned it to us. We all were talking about it. Two things are bad. First, the game is $50. Digitally. $50, wow. $50. Second off, I saw someone online showing a side-by-side between it and the PS4 version. And the PS4 version is what we've been looking at, uh... not the Switch version. The Switch version is... It doesn't have the same frame rate. It doesn't look as detailed. There's no shadows or anything like that. Mm. And, like, if this game were cheaper, that would be fine. Like, Horizon Chase Turbo is, like, super stylized. It doesn't look fancy, but it looks good. And, like, yeah, I've had a couple frame rate issues from time to time. But I also spent... If I spent full price on the game, it would have been 20 bucks, And it would have been a little bit more acceptable. You know what I mean? Right. With this, it's like... Eh, you know, I'm not gonna look into this game as much as i was excited by as much as i was excited to even a week ago which is a pity uh but yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i was bummed we need more racing games on switch (laughs) yeah um (laughs) we got quite a few i know we need more yeah all right i require more racing games more mario kart ultimate yes please Uh, moving on though, uh, let's talk about Cyber Shadow. Yeah, because I got some opinions on this one. Really, I don't like it. Really, not not at all. Not really. Okay, first let's say so. Cyber Shadow is Yacht Club Games published indie game coming to Switch. It right. got announced uh, Wednesday, I think. Yes, sometime this week. We we knew Yacht Club was coming out with a game that they had published and not developed themselves, and this is the game. So from what it looks like, this is my understanding from what I've seen. It's a 2D platformer kind of game, very similar to that of Shovel Knight in terms of design. Mm-hmm. But you are a ninja or a shinobi. <laughs> yes, correct. And you are, I mean, essentially not Mega Man-esque, but very Shovel Knight-esque where it's like you're fighting enemies on little platforming challenges and stuff like that. But to me, it seems more like someone saw what happened in Spectre of Torment and said, I want to make a game more like that. 
where movement is a lot more key to this game. Like, it looks like, you know, you're jumping and you're doing, like, dash attacks through enemies and stuff like that. So it's one of those games that if you're playing it well, it looks like you're a badass, which right. I always like those kinds of games. But what, what's your opinion? Do you not like it? I think it looks cool. My, my problem is entirely 100% rooted in the art style. You don't like the art style? I'm so sick of this art style. Yeah, but at least it's like the Shovel Knight one, which like has at least some niceness to it. Yeah, like I mean, it for what it is, it looks very nice. But I'm I just I don't need this SNES style game anymore. You know what I mean? I, I get that. Like especially because we've had so many of them so recently. Well, I mean, it's I'm like just, that's like been the thing in the last twenty uh, twenty like bajillion games that have come out on Switch. I know, and I'm just it's this or like cell shaded. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like I'm just done with it. Well, uh, I mean, part of me gets what you're saying, and part of me's like, listen, for indie studios, it's cheap, and it does look good. And it's, it's easy. just... Right, yeah. Yeah. There are so many bad games that do it. Like, if all the games who did it were still good, I wouldn't care as much. But, uh, you know. Right. This is coming from the guy who says Rise and Chase Turbo looks really good, but it basically has the exact same engine and art assets that I'm pretty sure the guy who made freaking Car Quest made him with. <laughs> hey, 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 it's how you use them. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's so much about making sure the game is good and the art style is it good. Doesn't, it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look bad. I'm just saying it's a very, like, stylistic design. And with the amount of mean things I had to say about it Car looks, Quest... You know what? You know what? Horizon Turbo Chase reminds me of a really old, like, arcade game. It's what, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. Right. And it, I think it does a good job. I, but, I like that. Yeah, but Car Quest. Screw that game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we don't have to go down that way. No, we don't. Please don't make me. Don't make me go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a game that I wanted to, to highlight briefly. Sure, go ahead. Called Graveyard Keeper. Oh, have you heard about this game? Is no, it coming I, to Switch? Just, yeah, it is. Oh, sweet. I, it was on PC. Do you really know it? From what I understand, it's like Stardew Valley, but instead of a farm, it's a grave. I was going to say, it looks just like freaking Stardew Valley. That's what people have said. It's like it's like macabre Stardew Valley. It's so weird, and I I don't know. I just want to. Do want to say something? Gonna look real weird. Does, is it just announced, or do we have a release date, or do we just not have anything? Um, it was a revealed. It was just revealed. Okay. I'm just like I was imagining like sitting there going, "Hey Penny, go to this flower festival with me, or I'll put you in the ground." Oh my God, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, hey, Benny, come to this beautiful spot with me, and it's just a graveyard. Jeez, <laughs> Matt. Oh, God. Uh, um, anyway. Uh, one other bit of indie news that I have, and I know Matt's very excited about it. Another game that got announced for Switch is the new Shantae game. Yo! I'm excited. Good, because I never I'm played a Shantae game. Glad they're making another one. Like, I mean, I guess I knew, like, someday they would make another one, but I'm just hey, like... Hey, 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 hey. Don't say that. Some people here are F-Zero fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you you guys are lost. Lost? Well, no, here's here's the issue, okay? Okay, okay. Nintendo's got a lot of a lot of properties, and some of them fall off the wagon every now and then. But, like, like Mario? Nintendo, like, Mario will never fall off the Nintendo wagon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shantae, like, made way forward, okay? Shantae's never fallen off the way forward wagon. Okay, that's fair. Um, anyway, we, I mean, we don't know anything about the game, we just know it's alive it exists yeah so i'm really excited cool all right i wasn't sure if there was more details i i honestly i saw shantae's coming to switch on twitter and i was like "Mm, matt will talk about that there's no trailer just the sprite image of shantae it's supposed to come later this year though so there's nine it's not even very spritey anymore like it looks 
more like the picture of her i was like wow that's just like basically anime now yeah i guess sprite was the wrong choice of words but you know what i meant like the character model did you notice that her hair makes the five i did not notice that i just noticed that too oh I was that's like, so cool. look at that that's super cool nice and i i know um i wonder if that's gonna get changed later on because no shante game has a number behind it so really like, shante 2 is just called um risky's revenge i think then three is just the pirate's curse and four is Hatching a Hero. None, maybe, of the, none of them have the number. So I maybe they saw it. what Mario Kart was doing. They were like, we just got to stop this madness. And said, Mario Kart 8, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. But I'm really excited. And like, just the picture of Shantae looks really high quality. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping the whole game looks like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be good. I'm excited. And I'm sure it's going to get like a big like reveal sort of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll see it. I, I bet it'll be in an Indies Direct. Yeah. It's gotta be, right? I, I, I would imagine. I mean, Shantae's has always been on Nintendo consoles. Yeah. Um, I do have one more piece of indie news. Sure. SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgmech is coming on the 25th. Hey, listen! What? What? What'd I do? What'd I do? What? I just want everyone to remember what <laughs> which one of us listens to the podcast and which one of us doesn't. We talked about this last week. We did? Yes. Remember you came back and I said, oh, wait, one more bit of Indian news. We just got a release date for SeamWorld Quest. Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. All right. Just met me in there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Never mind. Nobody loves Ignore me. Ignore me. <laughs> anyway. So let's talk about... um. Let's talk about that Nindy's Direct that just happened. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Let's talk news. Yeah, that red lamp. All right. Um, Monolith Soft is hiring for the next Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, so I guess the belief that, that I mean, we knew the next Zelda game was going to be open world, but clearly Nintendo's like, yeah, Monolith Soft, you did a good job. Come back, help us again. Because they, I mean, they were like, they were credited like a co-studio, right? Yeah, they like co-developed Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so that's really good. That is, I, like, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad that they're working on it. Yeah. My question is, I wa- so it's not really my question. That's not the way I should have framed this. People, some people are like, but what if Monolith Soft is making their own game? Well, Monolith Soft already is making their yeah, own game. Yeah, which I don't believe that for a second. I'm yeah, like, no, and, no. I mean, and their world designs are really good. I didn't play Xenoblade X. I, Xenoblade Chronicles was clunky on the 3ds but the world design was pretty i would say every xenoblade game is with world design has probably gotten better and better and better absolutely xenoblade 2's world design i mean like i i could think of an area in that game and like have an image of it you know right like oh that's the world where you know Mm -hmm. but yeah this is exciting i'm not like super super pumped but it's good to know that they're working on their open world breath of the wild style yeah it's really cool hopefully we get it you know before the system goes away but I mean, American Dream, right? The system goes away. I'm sure it'll be. A, you know what? Never mind. That's valid. It's Nintendo. Yeah. It's, it's Zelda. Zelda. Thank you. Always takes forever. Thank you. Um, Wolfenstein Youngblood is coming on the 26th of July. Yeah, which Switch. is the same release date. So that's the DLC pack for Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. Right. And it's coming out the same day as everybody else, which is very exciting. I, I love it when Bethesda does that. Yeah. Well, they're doing. We don't have a. We don't have a release date for Doom Eternal yet, do we? I don't think. so. I don't so. think so. Cause I know it's now, now you know I was really excited. I was like, "Wow, Doom Eternal is gonna come to all the systems at once, simultaneous release. So cool!" And then I said it was coming out on the damn Stadia, and I was like, "Oh, now it's kind of less cool." We do not can confirm. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, so that's really exciting. I think it's a cool thing that's coming out, and I think Bethesda is setting a good precedent, at least on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. You know. At least on the Switch. At least on the Switch. Uh, I have a bit of news of something that got me very upset. Uh-oh. Because I'm full of upset news today. Great. Matt. What? Persona 5 Royal. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Is this even news? Like It's... It, it, the situation we're in is the news. So, <laughs> as you remember, we were waiting for an announcement. We got an announcement that it was a little trailer, and it basically introduced a new character into the game, and showed the title screen again, but it's Persona 5 R, it's Persona 5 Royal. At this point, we still only know it's for PS4, and that's it. And the trailer was 45 seconds, and then they gave us another <laughs> sorry. trailer. Wait, wait, wait. What? what if, what if, what if? Like, I mean, obviously now that's not going to happen, but I just imagined a world where it goes Persona 5 R, and the R stood for retractable controllers, and someone takes off the Joy-Con. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm happy you think this is funny. I think it's so funny. Well, the point is, is it ended with a re- no no further explanation of what Persona 5 Royal is. They did the Square Enix thing where they're like, more information is coming. At the end of April. In April. So I, I want to put all this in context, okay? This release, we, we found about it in January, which we found about out about in December. This means that we had, Dece- in December of 2018, received an announcement about a January announcement about a March announcement of an April announcement. Yep. We are four announcements deep. That's an announcement for an announcement for an announcement for an announcement. It's so If stupid. we get another friggin' announcement, <laughs> I'm gonna have a heart attack. Well, I can almost promise you if it's gonna be on Switch, you're probably not gonna find out until E3. Oh, probably not. But a man can dream. Unless there's, like, I... Well, the honestly, is, genuinely wouldn't be surprised if we have a Nintendo Direct in April. I wouldn't be surprised either. And honestly, people are saying there's... With the... With the character names that are showing up in smash it sounded like joker had a female equivalent which he doesn't have in the regular game people are thinking wow with this new character who's a girl who would be probably a protagonist if they had you know four of them being her and four of them being joker wow it would be really weird for them to say hey here's a new version of persona 5 with a new character who's going to be and on switch and super smash yeah. brothers Persona 5 R for Switch. Well, I, I actually saw a lot of people say that she's probably going to be an antagonist. Really? Because she's against the, the, the trailer, She's thieves. against the, the protagonist. Yeah. It's going to be interesting regardless. The fact is, I just I want the game to come to Switch because this game is on PS3. Like, it's not like this game can't be handled by a, by a Switch. Oh and my I'm god, just, I, I forgot it was Yeah, remember PS3. that? Because they said we're going to promise it was going to come out on PS3, and then mm-hmm. PS4 came out, and they're like, well, we promised. Mm-hmm. So, it, it it can run on a Switch. That's never been the discussion. It's about, you know, the property Getty, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sony. We have Final I'm Fantasy VII on the Switch. Anything's possible at this point. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen no, those pictures I people posted issue... with no. Final Fantasy VII, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, and Cuphead on their Switch thing and said... This is fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, I mean... I had a point to say, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I'm saying about about getting Persona 5 on Switch. Oh! Oh, it's about Final Fantasy VII. I believe the thing is that... Oh, it's different, yeah. Some kind of licensing... The licensing like agreement expired. ended. Yeah, exactly. There was some rule about who they could and could not port it on to. Which is why Kingdom Hearts might be on Switch soon. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, there, 
is a supposed data mine of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, you were telling me about this. That says there are 15, or actually 16 slots in the files for more characters. One yes. of which was Piranha Plant, but then the rest is the season pass. Well, five is our current season pass. And but the basically other ten. It says they, they future-proof the game to say we can have more characters in the game. Yeah, which is exciting because... I mean, with the last DLC pack, we knew, for, for Wii U, we knew that we were only going to get seven. That was it. Or, not seven, but we knew Five we were going to get DLC. I don't remember how many. We were going to get DLC fighters, and they said when Bayonetta and Korn were announced, these are the last DLC fighters. We are not putting any more fighters in the game. And, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I like the idea of having a complete version of Smash Brothers. But it's exciting because, I mean, even in the two years between the game has been developed, there were so many characters that people were excited about, hoping to come into the game and didn't. You know, Rex and Pyra, anyone from ARMS. You know, there are just versions. characters Mike wants. Well, listen, listen. The ARMS characters, I can understand it's me. But, like, people were excited about the idea of having a monolith soft character. For, I mean, Xenoblade 2 has a bunch of good characters in it. Right. But, you know, there's just, there's, there's so many other characters you know people like skull kid and gino and waluigi like a lot of characters that people were really hoping were going to be in the game so to say hey there's still hope it's just it's nice it's it, it makes me feel better i don't think it's gonna happen still but you know what this just means what 10 more chances for sora oh my god and shante i'm thinking more shante i hope more shante i want shante anyway that's what i said to mike i was like Listen, they're making a new Shantae game, and there's a possibility there's 10 other characters coming to Smash. If Shantae isn't in it now, I'm just going to be mad. Well, what if they did, like, every character everybody wanted except for Skull Kid and Shantae and Sora? <laughs> that would make me sad. <laughs> that would be sad. I'm sorry. I want Revali. Uh, yeah. Want, if, I, if I could pick any champion, I think I'd pick Revali. Oh, out of the champions, I'd pick Revali 100%. I mean, it, it, I just, most just just dark blue Falco <laughs> with maybe, the bow. Maybe Urbosa. Urbosa would be cool. She'd be, she'd be like a close second. I feel like Urbosa would have the most unique moveset. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like you could do a lot with Revol. I don't know. Yeah, but he's 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 a bird character with a ranged weapon. He's an anthropomorphic bird with a ranged weapon. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's fair. Um... But anyway, I think that might be all of my... I have one last thing that was announced actually today by, uh, I think it was Gearbox. Oh, are we talking about Borderlands? No. Oh, but did, did Borderlands get an... Actually, I was going to ask yes, you. Yes, so Borderlands got a remaster announced for the every original? console. Yeah, the original Borderlands for every console except the Switch. Great. And then they announced Borderlands 3 for every console except, except the, the Switch. Switch. But then they announced that they're putting Bulletstorm on the Switch. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is stupid. Bulletstorm, Duke of this Switch. This is so stupid. Like, I don't know a lot about Bulletstorm. I know the game didn't sell very well the first time, then they remastered it really early. Uh, what What is this game? Do you know? No. No? Okay. No. It got announced for Switch. I just know a lot of memes about it, and I know Duke Nukem Forever, which is... Yeah, a later game in the same series is a bad game. Well, it's not a. It's well, it's Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem was in Bulletstorm, right? Which, but it's Duke Nukem. Like, the, the jokes about that are just not. They've never been funny, and now they're really not funny. <laughs> but yeah, that got announced for Switch. But well, that's that's really it. Yeah, slow week. Yeah, it's, it's it's a quiet week. We got one big thing of news, which is our main discussion topic this week, which is uh, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if I believe it, but the Wall Street Journal is posting that. By the end of this year, there are two new models of Switch coming which out. Which could come as early as the summer. Which could come as early as the summer. The idea is that one is a 
cheaper model that's going to basically replace the 3DS line of consoles. And then there was going to be another one that comes out, which is essentially a Xbox One X, PS4 Pro kind of situation for the Switch. Uh, Matt, I kind of wanted to see like what your opinions on this idea were, and then also, regardless of that, for each one, what kind of like what kind of perks do you think the system upgrade would have? Okay, so I want to start with the 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 idea kid proofed one. Okay, the kid proofed one. So the the one that could be the the lower lower end model, lower end model that's more for durability. We'll say, I think. Um, now the rumor was that this one would be handheld only, so it wouldn't be able to connect to the television it at all. Be able to connect to the television, and I wonder if it would even have detachable Joy Cons. I bet it wouldn't, honestly. Well, my my belief is that just because of I I don't know a lot about tech, but the way I understand it, streaming to the television isn't really a difficult thing no, for the Switch not. to do. So I think it would still be able to connect to the to the, to the I television. Mean, the Wii U could do it. You yeah. Know? I think I think they still do that, but I definitely think that you wouldn't be able to take off your Joy Cons. I think that if you want something that's solid and unbreakable, you should still be able to connect others like Joy Cons and Pro Controllers to the system, like digitally. But if you're playing in handheld, you have to play with the Joy Cons. Right. Give you. Exactly. Exactly. I think that would that would make a lot of sense. And I think it. So someone else pointed out to me that there were um, a lot of like more child friendly games right now, like buzzing around on the Switch. So like. Yoshi, Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, yeah. Super Mario, New Super Mario Bros. Like, there's a lot of more child-friendly games yeah. coming like out right Wolfenstein? now. Wolfenstein? Yeah, Wolfenstein. Um, the, the, the DLC Damon has X a girl in it. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a lot of a lot of games that could be up Children's <laughs> Alley coming out or yeah. are out. So it would, it would make sense and, for a lower-end model more designed towards children. Yeah, and I think we've all heard a story from someone about a kid getting their Switch beaten up or something like that right I've, exactly i've heard stories i've heard people say yeah like i had to buy a second switch because my yeah, kid i mean poor little tinny going to school and getting beaten up yeah he can't and bring a switch i know he can't go anywhere yeah and it's just i mean the idea behind it just seems brilliant right not only is it like hey it's a kid-friendly model but if it's if it's still television compatible it's like hey maybe you know you don't you don't spend a lot of time gaming right and there's nothing wrong with that but you know, you could just have this one. As long as it's in television mode, it runs just as good as a regular Switch. And yeah, it doesn't have connectable, detachable Joy-Cons, but you're going to buy a Pro Controller anyway, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. The only thing I would worry about this model is that I could I could see this happening where Nintendo says, and I would hope they wouldn't, but I could see them saying, this is a digital-only console. Mm. It does not have a port. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they would do it. But yeah. I could. But if you Especially said to me, because if it's for children, yeah, I feel like they'd want to limit use of the eShop if anything. You know, because yeah. you don't want a kid accidentally going on there and using dad's credit card. You know, and I mean? buying eighty-five copies of Damon X Machina. <laughs> I was gonna play. I was gonna say eighty-five copies of Xenoblade that they'll never play. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't, like, if I really think about it, I don't think it would be just a digital only, but I'm thinking, like, well, how would they cut down on size? I'm like, well, if they got rid of the cartridge slot, well, that I would mean, cut down a lot. Would it really, though? That's not really, like, I, th I feel like that's not really that big. I don't think it's big, but I think with, I mean, you know, the amount of hardware inside, inside a Switch console yeah. is incredible, but, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what else they would do to cut down on costs and make it a cheaper model. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's my biggest thing. 
Yes, having like a, a, a more sturdy model, a you know something that doesn't scratch as easily or anything like that, it seems like a good idea, right? But how do they do it and make it in the 3DS line levels of you know expense? Right. I don't think it will be one hundred fifty dollars. I think it will probably be two hundred dollars. But, but still, it has to be two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested. I think most about this one because I feel like this one will get more people playing Switch who have been on yeah, the fence that's, about that it. Yeah, that was the other thing I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You know, this just opens the floodgates for more people using a Switch. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, you might get someone who gets one of these and goes, you know what? I am absolutely loving this. I want the better model. Yeah. And that's the hope, right? You want right, the exactly. people to be like, oh, I want to upgrade and have more than one Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was telling this to Sarah, this story, and I said, wow, our house might have three Switches or four Switches in it before the end of this year. Why four? Because I'll buy the Pro and she'll buy the, the, the younger model. Mm-hmm. And then Tim has a Switch. Right. So. <laughs> It's 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 a novel idea. I mean, this everyone thought this idea was coming. But what I think is interesting is the idea of saying there's a second version. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm more excited for this one. Personally. Well, of course, you and I would be. Uh, we're, we're we're hardcore hobbyists. There's this like the kind a, of stuff yeah, that... exactly. There's like the equivalent of a PS4 Pro coming out for the Switch potentially, which I think would be super cool. And I think there's a lot of things that they could do with this to make it better. Because, I mean, I, I know it's only been about two years since the Switch came out. Yeah. But you got to think about how technology has advanced. Like, since, yeah. I like, mean, this is year three. Now, exactly. Since then, like, you could make a much better battery. Because yeah. the battery life, while it's good, it's not great. It's, I mean, not, it's not great. You can play Breath of the Wild for three hours and your Switch dies. Yeah. Um, you also got to think that, I mean, the Switch... Obviously, the Switch came out in 2017, but the dev kits were out in 2016. Right, exactly. The model had to be finalized in 2016. So the idea of saying, oh, we're going to make it, you know, just clean up. I think, yeah, better battery life has to be something. Better battery life. Oh, you can get rid of those gross black bars. Yeah, I think they should minimalize the screen. You can make that screen so much bigger. Yeah, and keep it the same size. Because unfortunately, for all of these models, except for if they do, like, attached Joy-Cons, they have to keep the, the, the Switch... No matter the what, they have size. to keep the switch the, the same. The brick is not the Joy Cons, but the brick has to be the same size. Yeah, oh, well, it has yeah, to be yeah, the Joy-Cons same too. width. Yeah. So, like for the younger model, it could be smaller, but it has to be smaller in height because you still have to be able to stick it into any dock and be able to take it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Pro model—that's I think my biggest concern about like how much like Pro features will get because you can't really make the switch any thicker. Exa- well, I mean, than it is. I, I do think you will they will be able to get better hardware in there like I think oh they I will think the specs will be better I don't think they will match PS4 Xbox obviously of course not but I think they will be a lot better yeah and I also think the other the other big thing is Bluetooth yeah because I w- I would really like to use Bluetooth headphones with my switch yeah that's a big issue that a lot of people have had there's no Especially there's no Bluetooth you can't functionality con- you can't con- like plug in headphones into the controllers so it would be a lot nicer if you could use Bluetooth headphones yeah and I think that also brings up the idea just that, you know, a redesigned Switch just means that we can move ports and stuff around. We can, you know, we could put the headphone jack the and possibly, I mean, the power jack has to be at the bottom, right? Because it needs to connect to the television right. that way. Mm-hmm. But I, but some kind of maybe a secondary plug-in or something some like people, that. Some people have also said a better uh, kickstand. Oh, yeah, because that kickstand. kickstand is... feels like it was a McDonald's toy that you attach onto your Switch. Yeah, and honestly, it's amazing how much it stays. Like, it... it it works. Yeah, but, but it, it also feels, snaps off pretty easily. Yeah, it feels like it's going to break at all times. And it mm. usually won't, but there's that. Fear. Mine's mine's clicked off before. Has yours ever clicked off? Like off the entire Well, console? you just like you you just pop it back on. Oh, I've never had that, no. It, mine's fallen off before you just pop it back on. Yeah. And but, there's a market actually, if you've seen the people they sell like stainless steel 
uh, really? kickstands. You just pop the other one out, put it in, and it's just it's stainless steel. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think there's a market for that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing I would really want more than anything is, and it's like it's it's funny because it's like it doesn't really actually involve the switch itself. Are you say better joy cons? Better joy cons. Yep. Because listen, I don't have I have not had as many problems with joy cons as other people have. I admit that. But I'm also really hard on my tech, and I see what's happening to my Joy-Con. Even just today, I was looking at my right Joy-Con, like, on my red Switch Joy-Con, which I bought at the end of last year, I think. And it's already starting to feel a little loose, and I can like move the joystick around a little bit. Depending on what space. realtor you go to, Joy-Cons can be between anywhere 70 to $90. Realtor? That's not the word I meant. That's not what you Retail meant. store. Retailer. Is what I meant. Retailer, not realtor. Retailer is what I meant. Yeah. You're not going to buy a house. Labo. Mike, Mike. Labo house. Would you live in a house designed after a Joy-Con? Yeah. Okay. Depends. Wait. Wait. Is it the plus Joy-Con or is it the minus Joy-Con? It's the plus one. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. All right. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Joy Con. I would like better Joy Cons just to just to work better, and I think that would be a great way to get Skyward Sword onto the Switch. But I think that <laughs> okay, you snuck a better that in there. Dock would also be cool because I've never had this problem, but so many people complained about scratching their Switch because of the way they get the. I think people are stupid. I think so too. Like how? Like how are you doing that? They're not taking it out straight out. They're like pulling it out like like at a diagonal towards Right, them. or they're like, oh, like just... shoving it in there. I'm like yeah. like what are you doing to make that happen? Like I understand that there should be a better switch dock. Like that's not even up for discussion. Right. There should be a better switch dock. But yeah, like come on, like put some felt on the edges. I don't care. Just but I mean, something. Like, so, something that would just make it easier. Yeah, honestly, I think the only reason there's not felt on there is because it would make. I mean, have you felt a switch after like a long session of playing in the dock? It yeah, is it hot, hot, boy. Well, I mean, maybe that's another thing they could add better ventilation. Yeah, because I mean, even playing playing Diablo three, I had a couple times I mean, where like, I was like, I just like took my headphones out and I just hear. Yeah. Like, oh my god, am I overclocking my switch that's right now? To me before too. Uh, because I, I like to play Xenoblade when I do play Xenoblade. I like to play it in bed because then I can use my headphones, like my, my nice headphones in it. And then when I take those off because they're like super noise canceling out and I just hear my switch going, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's, it's crying <laughs> for help. I'm like, what's wrong? That's like what your PlayStation 4 does whenever you play like, like Spider-Man did that too, where it would just like perpetually scream as you played the game. Yeah. It's um, like, the switch is screaming, put me in docked mode. I'm so much prettier. Because <laughs> that game... That game is a game that does not scale well down, which is part of the reason, the thing I want to say, more processing power on a pro Switch would let it show, you know, more well, of the docked mode graphics. You could do both. I mean, you could make a better docked mode and you could make a better handheld mode. Yeah. Well, I feel like the issue is, is the issue with that is games that came out before the Switch Pro, theoretically, unless they get updated, won't be able to have a better docked mode than they already do. And thankfully no they the could biggest... they potentially could well they could but it, it could be like a it might i don't want it to become like a new 3ds situation where like oh, oh no i don't think that would happen but so like let's use one of my favorite examples okay the witcher 3 the wild hunt and talk about how after ps4 pro came out and xbox one x came out they went back into the witcher 3 and made a 4K version. Oh yeah, and, and I was like, here you go. Now you, now you can, if you have one of those, you can play it like that. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't want to discount that. That's what I said. I was like, it can get the games can get updates to look better, but right. I, or like, 
most games have some kind of scaling themselves. So, like, yeah. if you're playing Spider-Man on a PS4 Pro with a 4K TV, it will just automatically look better than it does on a regular PS4. Yeah, and the Switch automatically does have scaling for when you're playing in handheld mode. Right, exactly. I just... I, I would be more surprised... If they said, oh, and docked mode is better too, I I more expect that the handheld mode is just as good as docked. Right. I think I think docked or not docked. I think handheld being better is like it has to be there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it has to be there. Yeah, it's not like handheld is bad. No I've never had a game that's like, oh, I can't play that game on handheld mode because of the performance. And I've had games tell me I can't play on handheld mode because I have to be on these stupid internet Black Horizon Chase Turbo. <laughs> I think Overall, I do think that a more high-quality Switch or a higher-spec, higher-performing Switch would get more people with the PS4 and Xbox One to get the Switch because there are a lot of people out there who are like, I want the best graphics, I want it to run in 60 frames per second, and 4K TV. And if it doesn't, I don't want it. Exactly. So Which, I, mean, I mean, those people can have their own opinions, and I can disagree in a right. not so nice Switch, way, but yeah, the Switch is never going to get there, but it's going to get better. Yeah, you know? and I, definitely that, that could definitely entice some people. Yeah, and it's just it. It seems like there are so many options for them, like small ways, like little things that can improve the system. Exactly. I mean, even look at like, the mean, new 3DS versus the old one. You, you don't know? really, you don't really need that. Like the console is great as it is. You don't yeah. need that much. If you just make it run a little bit better, and you add some Bluetooth, and you add some of those other things that we just talked about, yeah, that that would be more than enough, honestly. Yeah. The, basically, the only way they can screw this up is if they give it a stupid ass name. Don't call it the new Switch. The Switch S. I would the Switch S the Switch for Switch. No, no, no. Because all the games that come to Switch have S at the end. Both both new models are called the Switch S, but in the in the kid one, it's for Switch Small, and the other one is for Switch Super. Oh my god! So you walk in and you go, "Hi, I'm here for the Switch S." They go, "Okay, no, the other Switch." Yeah. Well, it's like I worry because it's like, well, they can't call it the Switch XL because the the system can't really get any bigger than it already is. <laughs> Like the Switch Mini sounds like it makes sense, but like that—that's one. But like, right. what are they gonna call the other one? You know, you can't Switch call it the Mini Switch Two cool. or something like that because they don't want it. They don't want another Wii U fiasco. And where like, is it a new system? They—they they could go. Huh, Sony copied us with Directs. Let's just make a um, a Switch Pro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know what they could talk. They could call it. They'll I'm call sure it they'll something. Call some. Well, obviously they will. The mini one's going to be called the the Wii Switch. The Wii Switch. Who's going to call it left Joy-Con? The other one, switch right Joy-Con. The Switch or Switch that has a damn D-pad. <laughs> switch for the D-pad. Oh man, I would like some licensed Joy-Cons with the D-pads. Yeah. Well, the they ha- well Hori is making the ones that aren't as nice, but the fact is, is. Someone was talking about this because someone made mock-ups and put them on Reddit the other day, and the mini Switch had D-pad Joy-Cons because they're saying if we can't detach the controllers, there's you no can have a D-pad. To, yeah. yeah, there's no reason not to have a D-pad. But that also begs the question when I think about the Switch, this mini Switch. God, they got to make sure those those things are high quality because if they don't come off, yeah, you really got to make sure. I mean, I mean, that's well, the same I mean, that's, the 3DS. that's another thing though. Like, I mean, but have you ever had button problems with your 3DS? Uh. My D-pad has seen some better days, I'm going to oh, be honest really? with you. Oh, yeah. I never had any any problems like that with mine. And I never had any problems like that with any DS that I ever had or oh, PSP. I, 
I never had a problem with the DS. The the 3DS here. Matt, just play with my D-pad for a second. That's fine. Like, it feels fine, but I can I shouldn't be able to go like this and move the whole D-pad around. Oh, no, but I mean, it will, it will work just yeah, fine. Yeah, it functions. It's just, it's... Like that, the fact that it jiggles a little bit like that is not the end of the world. No, it's not. And but like, in like five years of playing, it will become a problem. The more of the... I mean, I think the issue is more with the Joy-Cons because of drifting or because sometimes inputs just... Or because sometimes inputs just don't get accepted. Yeah, well, I have an issue with my yellow Joy-Cons, which you've heard me complain about, where mm-hmm. I've always been really good with my tech in terms of like keeping it clean and not using dirty hands or anything like that. But my left Joy-Con just has something caught in like the a or the right joy con the r button like the r trigger button the r bumper button the a button and like down on the joy con like none of them work and they're like you have to push and like crunch it in and i hate it because my yellow joy cons were my favorite ones and i can't really use them anymore Mm. it really is a pity but yeah i mean like honestly i feel like i would almost want like better joy cons instead of a switch plus more than a new switch yeah but I mean, I think that's I think that's enough for that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, time will tell, and we have to get one sooner. I feel like if we don't get one this year, we'll get one next year. Right, and I mean, because everyone's announcing new consoles next year, so it makes sense to be like, oh, and you know, the Switch has a new version. I feel like it would almost make more sense for them to, to do it try now to get it a little ahead of the game. Agreed. Um, I was reading some stuff about how usually when Nintendo releases a new thing like this, it's like there's about a, like a two month or so turnover time. So, like, between, like, the 3DS and the 3DS XL, it's like, blah, 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 here comes a new 3DS. Two months later, there it is. Or, like, um, um, the 2DS. Like, the new 2DS. That was another, like, two-month thing between announcement and release. Yeah, the so new 2DS XL came out of nowhere. Pretty quick. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, that could be a big thing for either an April Direct or E3, and then you release it in August or you release it in June. That would actually, you know what? That makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Because if it gets announced to E3, then the new the Switch Mini is available before Animal Crossing and Pokemon. Yep. Which are like the two big sellers that people have on handheld games. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot, yeah, right? Ooh, I like that. So I, I, Give us some I Mario Party think, DLC, too. I think my too. money is on there. Yeah. Man, this, this, this is going to be an exciting E3 for Nintendo. I'm excited. I mean, they have, they have a platform to do some crazy stuff. And even if they only talk... Even if they only talk about Animal Crossing, I don't care. I mean, that's not going to happen. I but know, but I'm saying even if they did only talk about Animal talk Crossing, about I'd be happy. They only games we already know exist, and I would be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there could be no... I mean, obviously, there will be surprises. But they there could be no surprises in this, and I don't think anyone would be upset, because there's so many games that we're excited for that we know about. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be very, very good. And yeah, actually, the more I think about it, yet yeah, Fire Emblem comes out this year, and Fire Emblem is has saved its series on being a handheld every, console. Every handheld, every predominantly handheld console franchise Nintendo has, has made the jump. Yep, and this is the year where, like, the big hitters hit. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Let's see what happens. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so that's our show for the week. Uh, Matt, do you have a fun fact for us? Yes, Mike. I do, in fact. What is fun your fact. fun fact? Um, That is, kids... You should hook up a camera to the side of your car. So you can find out whoever's flashing hitting your car door in the morning. Someone hit your car door this morning? There are, like, several marks. Oh, my God. Across my car of where, like, I don't don't know how to describe these scratches. Because, like, some of them don't even look like someone else is hitting my door. What does it look like? Some of them just look like swiggles. Like, little, like, like... 
like, like little little like little s's on your side. not even like some of them just look like like okay like, so like random like little squiggly lines okay like it's like a car couldn't have done that Unless, like, I don't know how someone your boss is keying your car. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like, I don't like, I don't know how that happens, but like, I noticed one like sometime in the summer. I was like, man, and then I noticed a bunch of other ones just today, and I was like, what? And they're like all on the same like, like Height. vertically. They're all on the same like line, but they're all in different like spots across the across my my driver's seat door. Um, can I ask you one thing just to confirm? Yes. Are these happening while you're at work? Or I don't they, know because I just noticed. Or are them. they happening when you're on the highway and you're hitting rocks? Oh, you, oh, that. Uh, I don't know. Like the way they're all lined up, I feel like it couldn't be rocks. Okay. And the way that, like, the shapes of them, I feel like they could be. Interesting. Rocks. It's so weird to describe, but like. Huh. Well, as long as you don't think it's me keying your car, I, I say keep looking. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use that camera. That was that was a real fun fact, kids. Yeah. Put a camera on your car. My fun fact is that sugar heals all wounds. It does because um, our roommate was sick last week, and he's actually still a little bit sick. And Sarah got sick yesterday or two days ago, and she asked me to get her Reese's peanut butter eggs, and she had those eggs, and I also brought her soup and stuff. But she only ate the eggs that night, and she woke up the next morning. And she's like, the sugar made it all feel better. She's fine. Oh, good. So clearly, Reese's peanut butter eggs save lives. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, but that's our show. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter. It's at Pink Gold Peeps. I want to post some funny stuff, I think. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud, which you're listening to right now, or on iTunes, which you're listening to right now, if you weren't listening on SoundCloud. Boom. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send Matt hate mail, it's pinkgoldpeeps at gmail.com. Please. Always do. Always available. Always ready to be hated on. I, I love being hated on. And let us know anywhere if you want us to talk about something or something that you want to hear on the show. Please feel free. We'll we'll consider it. We'll put it on our totally not empty list of cool things to discuss, and uh, and we'll you know we'll we'll let you know. Uh, Rick's record made our opening. Uh, you can check him out on SoundCloud. Uh, if you want to hit spelling of that, go back to another episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Rob, for editing the show every week. And Matt, yes, did I miss anything? I actually have a second surprise fun fact. I, it's I'm, more of an announcement of sorts. Okay. You know um, chia pets. Yes. You, you like you, you, like chia chia chia. Yeah, chia 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 chia. So I'm gonna make a product like that. Okay. Except it's going to be an alarm clock of my head, and every morning when Wait. you want it to go off, it goes chia 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 chia. Okay, I know you know you're very proud of yourself, but like no, it's over. It's over. No, no. What Podcast if it was ended, like right? like you know those little blue guys in in Sonic Adventure Two that you can raise? What are those guys called? Oh, chows! <laughs> <laughs>